Hello, Tiger Nation. I am Byron Hulsey, headmaster at Woodbury Forest School, and I would like to welcome you to the Woodbury podcast series. This podcast consists of informal yet substantive conversations with alumni, faculty, staff, and students. The conversations explore how Woodbury's core values empowered alumni to build a solid foundation for their lives, how those core values are taught today by Woodbury teachers, and how those values are put into practice by today's students. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. Well, welcome to the Woodbury Podcast. Uh, my guest today is Robbie Handelsman, who graduated in the class of 2023, just this past May. I've known Robbie since I came to Woodbury as headmaster back in July of 2014. I'm excited today to just visit with Robbie a little bit about what it was like for him to grow up at Woodbury, what his experience at Woodbury was, was like as a student, what he's excited about as he thinks about going to the next level of his education and pursue college athletics, and just offer listeners an opportunity to get a glimpse into what it feels like to go to Woodbury today through the experiences of, of, of Robbie Handelsman. So Robbie, thanks so much for joining me. I'm excited about the conversation. Appreciate you taking some time to, to, to visit with me on the, on the podcast. So thank sure. you. Thanks for, thanks for having me on and thinking of me. Absolutely. So you, uh, you've lived at Woodbury virtually your whole life. Tell us a little bit about your, your parents and why you, you, you came here and um, maybe what your earliest memories were of Woodbury. Yeah, so my parents, they met at a, another boarding school in California, which was an all-girls school, actually, called Westridge. And uh, they decided that they wanted to take a big step and move away from California, where my mom's family was, and uh, decided that they wanted a place with some heat to it, <laughs> but uh, also with uh, access to the coast. You know, Virginia, you get all four seasons. So. Yeah. They were really pleased with it, and Woodbury kind of called my dad out of the blue. He didn't know about it. My mom was eight months pregnant with my brother, so yeah. she didn't even come and visit before my dad accepted the job. I was born um, two years into their careers here. Yeah, was not born in the infirmary, despite many rumors that started <laughs> with the JV soccer team. Uh, I was born Martha Jefferson, but lived here, like you said, my whole life. I guess early memories would be hanging out with Aiden Stakem. Yeah. His his mom and my mom would uh, swap us back and forth uh, with babysitting duties. Right. So those are some early memories. And really just all my memories are with Woodbury boys or Woodbury families. And I've had just great role models my whole life. So Yeah, that's that's terrific. And you're, you alluded to your older brother, Tommy, mm -hmm. a couple of years older. Yeah. Yeah. And he plays soccer up at Suffolk now. Uh-huh. So anything that I've done, he's done it before me. Right. So I guess you had at least one, one good person whose footsteps you could follow in as a student. Definitely. Definitely. He yeah. wasn't quite a, quite a student as, uh, <laughs> as he might have hoped. <laughs> A little yeah. lackluster in that area, but yeah, <laughs> no, but a really good guy, nonetheless. Yeah, great guy, and I'm I'm just pulling his leg. Of he's, course, he was just fine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and where did you go to school before Woodbury? I went to Grimes Memorial School, which is a tiny little private school in Orange, Virginia, where my mom has taught for 16 years now. Wow. So I've been a faculty kid. Yeah. my entire life. I've loved it. Has yeah. its ups and downs, but yeah. Did your I was mom there ever from, teach you? So she was my eighth grade homeroom teacher uh -huh. and my, I think sixth through eighth grade Spanish. Yeah. My dad never taught me here yeah. at Woodbury per his request. Yeah. I was in my mom's class and 
I was a little too comfortable in that class. <laughs> Made one too many jokes one too many times, but yeah. it was a lot of fun. Groms is generally a, a good experience for you. What was that like? I mean, it is a small school. It was a really small school, and it taught me that no secrets are secrets. People right. know everything about you. Any Anytime you make a mistake or do something great, they're... Yeah. there and they know it so you get really close with those people right and you build real relationships that transitioned into Woodbury I'd say it's a little bit bigger here 100 per grade instead of 16 in right. my graduating class of Grimes but you get that same feel where you can't fake it you mm -hmm. can't be someone you're not you have to you have to be yourself what was coming to Woodbury like? I think a lot of listeners may be alumni. They may have that experience in common with you and with me, but being a, a faculty son is, is not common. There are faculty children, of course, but it's not that common. What was, what was that like for you? Well, aside from many jokes about packing up my golf cart and yeah. heading down the sidewalk, it was really interesting because right off the bat, there's that feeling of, all right, maybe we can't say certain things in front mm. of Robbie. His, his dad's a teacher here. It wore off fairly quick, that, yeah. that area of it, but some things stick around yeah. just because they know I'm a faculty kid and that title never really leaves you. But right. coming to Woodbury, I was so anxious to do it. So I, I think I was just blinded by happiness in that regard. So I was just, I was so excited. to. Did you ever think about going anywhere else? No. Yeah, so it was the only school I applied to, the only school I looked at. Middle school, there there was a time when, for those who don't know, my best friend is Landon Ellis. Yeah. And has been since I was really young, another local kid from yeah. Orange. But he left Grimes right. going into seventh grade. And I just crying to my mom saying, I, I need to go to St. Anne's, be with yeah. Landon. Like, I, I know that's where I want to be. And she's saying, I teach you Grimes. I'm not going to carpool you to right. Charlottesville and back every day. But it worked out in the end. But High school, I never thought about another place. Yeah. I, knew, I knew this was the place for me. My brother looked at Macaulay and, oh, he did? Yeah. and St. Anne's, but uh -huh. mainly just as, as backup options, and we both felt comfortable here. Let's talk a little bit about your, your new boy year and, and just your Woodbury experience. How did you choose how you wanted to spend your time? I'm thinking about extracurricular activities. I'm also thinking about like your academic interests. How did you how did you choose to spend your time? Because you're pretty well known in the Woodbury community for balancing a lot of different interests at a high level. What, what was your strategy there? Freshman year... All I could really think about was the report card and athletics. Yeah. So all of my extracurriculars revolved around athletics in some way, shape, or form. I was writing for the Oracle, mm -hmm. especially with Taft Gant, who is a guy I definitely looked up to that year because he was on it. Yeah, He and Luke Stone really set the stage for me yeah. in the sports world of Woodbury with balancing extracurriculars with WFSPN and right. the Oracle. But freshman year, I, I didn't do too much. I'm not even going to say I wish I'd done more because freshman year, you need to get to know your classmates and get to know yourself, really. So extracurriculars can take away from that. But I, I took the standard amount of classes freshman year with jazz band or that year was concert band, but I, I loved playing the instruments. So later on into the years, I just added a little more and more and saw what was comfortable for me. And for some people, it's sometimes if you do three extracurriculars, those might overlap and it might be too much to balance with a sport or whatever your passion is. Let's talk a little bit about athletics because um, you're, you're a pretty humble guy. You won't advertise this, but you're a really, really fine athlete. And talk a little bit more about college athletics in, in the show. But I remember you playing soccer, playing basketball, and 
doing track when you were younger. Talk to us a little bit about how you chose those sports and, and you know, how, how, what that experience was like as a younger Woodbury student. Played soccer growing up with my brother and had a lot of experience playing with older guys because it's a lot easier if your sons are playing on the same team as opposed to <laughs> two different right. fields. So mom and dad were happy when you and Tommy were playing together. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure. And I was always stuck in a position I didn't want to play because I was a little bit smaller or a little bit less talented. But coming into Woodbury, I decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to play soccer. And yeah. one day or two days into tryouts, I almost quit and played Bengal football, which yeah. is all the talk at that time and stuck with it after talking to my brother a lot who was in the middle of his recruiting process yeah. with soccer. So I stuck with it and played JV and we ended up going undefeated. So I was kind of on top of the world, went into JV basketball, right. which at the time was my favorite sport right? and may always be my favorite sport because I'd gotten on that AU track, which is intense. Played JV basketball and we, won't, we only lost one game I remember, out yeah. of our... 18 or so games. So it was a great team. I really felt like Woodbury was the top of my athletic career. <laughs> I didn't feel like I was ever going to lose games, but went into the spring and I was like, I don't know what to do. First day I went out for baseball. Oh, you did? Okay. So I didn't even find track until sophomore year, really. Played baseball, realized my elbow was messed up from playing baseball in the past and probably throwing the dodgeball a little too hard. I ended up uh, switching over to track right before COVID hit yeah, and then decided, okay, that's my spring sport from here on. Okay. And it really took off in the later years. Right. And was it hard to give up basketball for you? It was because really you, difficult. Because listeners would perhaps be interested to know that, as I remember it, in your junior year, you played soccer, junior and senior year, you played soccer in the fall, but then focused primarily on track in the winter and spring. Isn't that right? That's, that's right. And I had a conversation with Curtis Phillips, who was the head track coach. Yeah. And he sat me down at the end of my, I guess, going into junior year, maybe in the fall. And he said, I've never had a college athlete in track not do winter and spring. And I didn't make a decision that day. I just thought about it for a long time. Thought about guys like River Robinson and yeah. Malik Holly, who it paid off for taking that risk. But at the time, I, was, I wasn't on a collegiate level. Right. Not quite. So I, I took that risk and it was really difficult to give up basketball Yeah, because it'll always be my favorite sport. And it was tough to tell Coach Dawson that I wasn't going to play. I decided take the risk with track. Worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. Maybe I can sneak in somewhere and play soccer. Stuck with basketball in a way with commentating, which is yeah, some of the most fun I've, I've had at Woodbury. Is that right? On that, on that crew senior year. So stuck with it in, in some... Fashion. But it must have been hard not to play. It was really difficult and yeah, playing less and less pickup because of and, minor track injuries and not right. wanting to risk getting hurt. It was at times a little mentally difficult to not be playing basketball right. and watching their games. That COVID year also didn't help a whole lot sophomore year with anyone's love for the sport or any sport or any sport. Playing. Yeah. It was it was mentally difficult. Luckily, it paid off. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we'll get there in a moment. You might reflect a little bit on um, what COVID was like for you at Woodbury, what it was like for your fellow Tigers as, as you all trudged through the challenges of cohorting and um, social distancing and the like. What I mean, Terrible memories are bringing back up. <laughs> yeah, I'm haunted. Just, what, yeah, what, what were a couple of um, highlights or slash lowlights from the COVID 
experience being a tiger? I guess some of the highlights were we became really close with our, our hall in mm -hmm. general. And that was also a year where every single sophomore was on Walker. Yeah. Which that definitely brings up bad memories for you as well. <laughs> uh, there's there well, a lot no, of good no, and a lot of bad coming out of there. No, no teacher wanted to be up there in the middle of COVID. No. And no. so it was like Lord of the Flies. Bless their hearts. Yeah. The people on duty. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, everyone's reluctant to wear a mask everywhere. Right. And you had your cohorts and food being delivered to your doors yeah. as opposed to even going to the dining hall. And then they yeah. finally got that tent set up so you could at least sit down with people. I didn't even have a prefect really that year. Wow. We had a cohort leader, John Tanberg. Yeah. Who oh, I was a lot yeah. of fun to be around, but... Who he doesn't listen to this, but his room was a mess. Total mess, huh? You couldn't even see the carpet on the floor. So he was just as much of a kid as we were, but I loved him and he gave us some some good advice <laughs> at times. But he tried hard. He did. He did. Absolutely. He, he was a really he he's a good guy. He, um, he's a great guy. Robbie, uh, when you think about um, oh, and, and I know you remember yard time. <sighs> Can you can you tell folks about yard time from a from a boy's perspective? Yeah, this is definitely a blur. Trying to think back to this, really tried to forget about it. But that was the most that it ever felt like jail. People yeah. oh, joke about Woodbury and boarding school being like prison, where yeah. you're, especially in Woodbury, you're stuck on campus. Yeah. But we were really stuck on campus, stuck in our rooms, yeah. and then by cohort still masks on they sent us outside for an hour or whatever it was to get our exercise that we oh so needed and yeah we'd go station by station um charlie wright would lead us through a core circuit yeah and then we would do lunges with <laughs> someone else i don't know but yeah that was that was a very interesting time yeah and a woodbury that nobody wants to remember no um, but, but we did but, what we needed to do, and we were here. We were here. It was it was, was better better than Zoom. Yeah, that was impressive. But that's itself. a low, that's a low bar. Better than Zoom is a low bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so your your older years, your fifth and sixth form years, you're kind of more coming into your own as a student and mm -hmm. as an athlete and um, as as a as a leader on on campus. Talk about from your perspective. You know some of the some of the things that you really value at Woodbury. I'm thinking about your own personal values, the school's values, the challenges that can come with like watching people struggle to maintain the highest standard all the time. And how how that that couldn't have been easy on you. What was that like as you reflect upon those experiences? It was definitely a progression throughout the years. And in no way am I ever going to act like I'm perfect or right better than anybody else. It's tough to try and lead when you're in high school with peers and people who you consider good friends. And yeah. so it got a little easier, especially when you have the title of prefect senior year. But in the years before, there's always that reluctance to speak up and speak right. out about things that are, that are going on. But deep down, everybody values similar things at Woodbury, especially into your junior and senior year. So if you if you can have an honest conversation with somebody, and I've had tons of those with, with guys, and in no way am I thinking in the moment, I am leading right now. I'm right. trying to lead, and I hope it didn't come across that way, but I just remember speaking with John Osteen about any sort of issue, and he's such a kind guy and really great mind, and 
you realize that they have the same respect yeah. for the honor system or all-around respect for people. So yeah. those those themes really pop up when you sit down, have an honest conversation with somebody. And as a new boy, as a sophomore, you don't really know what an honest conversation is. Right. That needs to be shown by an upperclassman. Yeah. And I think my sophomore year, Dawson Chitwood right. helped show me that. Junior year, Dr. Herb, people like that can really have that impact on you. So I was really grateful for some of the people I had to look up to and try to model myself after. Yeah, those conversations are really tough to have. Yeah, um, they sure are. You have to almost separate yourself from any sort of title in your head of leader or any sort of role, really. Yeah. Just be a person. Right. And sometimes that was that was tough to do because all you want to do is help people out. Right. And most of the time you come across as pompous or Righteous. looking down on people. Yeah. Uh, one final thing before your, your senior year in particular, uh, I remember you went to Woodbury in Spain. Mm-hmm. And you never had your dad as a classroom teacher, but you did right. have him as a trip chaperone because he and yep. Drew Collier are longstanding um, uh, leaders of the Spain trip. I know, I know from my son's experience that the Spain trip was just really, really formative for him. He really, really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Um, what was your experience like? It was great, aside from the last week and a half when I got COVID. And oh, man, over there in I Spain. In, yeah, and I was in the hospital for a day. Oh, and my, dog. my host mom, bless her heart, stayed in the hospital with me from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Wow. And then left for work at 7 a.m. Wow. She had work at 7 a.m. So you really get the, the full experience, and I think I got even more of that. I tell people my hospital vocab is top-notch now. <laughs> and uh, But all in all, it's five weeks of 100% immersion into a European country, so you can't help but get something out of it. Right. I loved sharing that experience with my dad. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And yeah. Mr. Collier, who was, he was my advisor as well, so I really had two of my... <laughs> Like my dad and my Drew calls himself my godfather. I don't know. If yeah. Maybe a little generous. Yeah. A little <laughs> generous. Uh, he's the cool, cool uncle. I'll yeah. Say. There you but go. But it was, it was a great experience and seeing things that I might never see again in my life, despite the 110 Fahrenheit heat. A little toasty over there. A little toasty. And yeah, no not, AC. Not a lot apartments. of, not a lot of central air. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was a fantastic experience. I remember Ben, uh, my son, came home and and I I was struck by hearing him talk about how much more confident he was Mm. just, you know, learning how to manage himself. Yeah. And in a very different world. It's and make friends. Yeah. You know, with with folks and to have a host mom, you know, spend all night with you and then go straight to work. It's a it's a demonstration of. Humanity and de- that's just yeah. one. That's a great story. Yeah, and I didn't know her that well at all. Yeah, of I course. was just given to her. She signed up to yeah. take me on and got more than she bargained for. Yeah, <laughs> that confidence thing definitely rings true, and especially Woodbury. You talk about independence and trying to be more self-sufficient when you leave here. That trip really yeah um, improves on that and because it's out of your comfort it. zone. It's so out of your comfort zone. And they don't want you speaking any any English at all. So even when you're walking around with your friends, if you're speaking too much English, they'll get on you. Right. And going out and 
trying to pick up girls in Spain yeah. with, with them not knowing any English will will get your confidence up real yeah. quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well you have you, ha- you have to play the game, right? You got you got you got you got to roll the dice. <laughs> yep, get yep. in the arena. Yep. Not everyone was as good as Hardy. Hardy Connell. Is that right? Was he strong? Oh yeah. Yeah. He had, he had great confidence and good for Hardy. Blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah, can't jump, get more American than that. Yeah, jump so. right in. Way to go, Hardy. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about the, the senior year. And, and one thing I'm really interested in that I know a little bit about through conversations with you and others is the ups and downs of, of being an aspiring college athlete and mm-hmm. how recruiting goes. I think listeners would, would appreciate that from a pretty early age, You it was pretty pretty clear to you that you wanted to compete at the college level. You gave up basketball in order to focus more on tracks so right. that you could be more competitive for college athletics and track in mm-hmm. particular. Tell us a little bit about the recruiting wars and how that goes for, for kids because it's just, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. No. And talk about, you can't really be yourself in that process in, in some ways. And we talked about it earlier about having to promote yourself and yeah. put yourself out there and feel a little guilty mm-hmm. bragging a little on Twitter dirty and, a little dirty yeah yeah and yeah. it's it's not a good feeling at all and it's just the reality of it and it's a sad reality that you have to put yourself out there yeah and maybe eight years ago that wasn't the case right but now it's it's so present and if you're not posting your stats or reaching out to countless amounts of coaches even if it's I mean rooming with Charlie Bell, we were both going through this at the same time, our junior years. And both of us had these tough conversations about having to, and with my brother, about almost having to leverage schools. Mm -hmm. Because if you tell a school, hey, I might get an offer, or I do have an offer from this school in your conference, yeah, those schools are more inclined to offer you because they don't want you competing against them. Right, interesting. And that always felt so wrong. Yeah. Because all you want to do is say, hey, I'm really interested in going to your school. Here's my stuff. Right. Let me know. And it's it's never the case. So, And the stress is there too with you always want to perform at the highest level. Yep. But you're trying to keep your head on straight and say to yourself, okay, I'm still trying to win for the team. Mm-hmm. I don't need to. And track can be very individual if you sure. make it individual. Sure. And think in your, only in your own head. So thank goodness I had some some guys on that team that, that helped me out, especially Landon. Yeah, um, Albert helped a good bit, and I still talk with him a whole mm. bunch about all sorts of things with track and field. But you can really get in your own head and become selfish yeah. if you let it let it eat you up. So it was it was a tough time. Yeah. When did you commit to the University of Pennsylvania? So I I wanted to get it out of the way as quick as possible, yeah. and and it was a school that I knew I gonna enjoy and it was a good spot for me it felt right so I committed actually in the airport going to Spain oh wow so I, I called my mom and I told her all right I the coach told me I can commit and the spots might fill up soon which was that's a tough thing to tell a kid that he, he might not well, have a lot of time but he and, might and that's his leverage on that, you. yeah exactly right and my I was with my dad and I was like all right are you cool if I make this decision right now to go yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd already been there once or twice to to see the school, and I liked it a lot. He's like, "Yeah, man, I, I think if it's what you want, then go for it." Yeah. And so I just shot him a text right then and there. I said, "I don't know how official this is, but 
I'm committing, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, he's like, oh, that's great news. Enjoy your flight. And I just <laughs> hopped on the flight and took off. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I got it out of the way as quick as possible. And so that probably did provide you with some relief for the rest of the summer and even into the next year. Definitely. And that was one thing I, I really was relieved about, you know, being a prefect, not having to deal with the recruiting process yeah. because that can take up so much of your time. Yeah. And instead, I could spend those nights talking with the kids in my hall and dealing with the kids in my hall. Yeah, right, right. Third formers, if I'm remembering correctly, on Lower Turner. Yes, Lower yeah. Turner. Excellent. The most hectic hall on campus. I yeah, think. definitely one of the more challenging <laughs> places to be. Last couple of, last maybe significant question. What are you excited about in college and what are you anxious about? I'm excited really just, I mean, it's so basic, but I'm excited to meet new people Yeah. from all sorts of backgrounds. You get a lot of that at Woodbury. Yeah, more than people might know. Definitely more yeah. than people might know. But at, at UPenn, I'm really excited to you know, get into these classes and especially the smaller classes. They have cohorts of in the business school. That word is so horrible, but uh, <laughs> hopefully without the yard time. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. But they're going to break us into smaller groups within the business school. And I already know my my group, which they break it up in that's cool. different forms of currency. So we're rupee for whatever that's worth. But yeah. I'm excited to get in those smaller situations and, and learn a lot about these people. And, you know, Woodbury has a lot of kids from Charlotte and Raleigh and, yeah. and Virginia. So it's easy to latch onto those people right. as a local kid. So I had to force myself to, mm -hmm. I don't want to say break away from that. I loved those guys, but get involved with the entire community. So Penn, I'm just going to be forced to, sure. which I'm excited about. And I'm anxious about... I've heard a lot about a very pre-professional pre culture there. Right. Where everyone's kind of thinking about their careers all the time, thinking about next best way to make money. So I'm a little anxious about how that might play into my college experience. But I think if I can find a, a group of people that think like I, that sounds horrible, not think like I do, but have the same sense of joy and and uh, a little more lax about those things. Yeah. So. Well, I, I, um, I'm the the range of folks in a college and university is pretty big, and oh, yeah. sometimes you just got to go find your find them. But they're they're yeah. there. And what about the, on the athletic side? What's what's exciting and what makes you anxious? I'm excited. We have a really big recruiting class this year, and and the coach. It's he's said time and time again that this is a class that is very much his own. And yeah, COVID kind of set back recruiting in terms of the amount of, not only the amount of people they could get, but the right people and the right fits. So they're really excited about this recruiting class. And, and uh, I'm really excited because I've met a lot of them already yeah. and I can already tell that I'm going to have a blast with those people. That's so awesome. I'm excited for that and uh, anxious. I'm not so anxious about anything. Staying healthy, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's the main thing. Sure. So, and then trying to find time to get away from Philly and visit visit my guys at WNL, UVA, yeah. UNC, yeah. all of it. So um, yeah, well, you got your hands full. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, uh, that's kind of the the sum and substance of the of the, the larger questions I wanted to ask you. I, I was hoping you might be up for a rapid fire round of um, 
questions that right. might ring true to folks who know Woodbury well. Are you up for a little rapid fire? I'm up for some rapid oh. fire. Okay. At Woodbury, what was your favorite meal in the dining hall? Chicken curry or Korean beef. <laughs> Excellent. Favorite meal to fir tree? Bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich with fries. Yeah, not a bagel sandwich. That's the sandwich, not the bagel. Yep. Okay, got it. Got the sandwich. Um, this is probably unfair, but uh, one or two favorite teachers? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Amos and Dr. Herb. There's so many people I could say for that. Yeah, so, I know. Why Amos? So I took his Shakespeare class yeah. senior year, and I also took his freshman year English class. Yeah. And he has just a way of inspiring you to learn. And especially with Shakespeare, it's so easy to turn your brain off and just not yeah. read into any of it. But he teaches it so well. And, and why Herb? It's so fun. Herb, because he taught me more how to think. And he challenges your brain, yeah, as you know. Awesome. So I do know. Yeah. Um, couple more favorite location on campus just talked about Amos the Mr. Amos's bench with uh, with the yeah. sunsets a great spot and it is a uh, good spot if I can name one more um, I would just say anywhere at the lake so Woodbury outdoors means a lot to oh, you definitely yeah and it's sure. gotten so much better since I since I was little oh that's awesome you have an, one final funny memory you want to share with our listeners there's one memory I love repeating and it happened in my freshman year history class with Mr. Wickstead. Yeah. And Mr. Wickstead would sit in that classroom with either a hollowed out baseball bat yeah. or, you know, the tube you'd get from a poster, if right. you order a poster, just the cardboard yeah. tube. And he would smack it in his hand looking all intimidating. So he was such a fake stern guy. Yeah. I can joke with him about that. But Silas Bohan was in that class. Uh -huh. And Silas never never speaks more than he feels like he yeah, has to. Yeah, he's a quiet fellow. And uh, he came into class one day in the winter with a beanie on. Uh -huh. And Mr. Wickstead usually starts out his classes just staring people down for about five minutes before he gets into the unit. And he just stared at Silas for a couple minutes. Yeah. And he just goes, Silas, take that beanie off. And Silas looks at him, not smiling, nothing rips the beanie off, and he has another one on. And the entire <laughs> class just bursts out laughing. That's pretty and, good. And it broke Wick's day. He ended up laughing as well, which, awesome. is, which was a rarity in that class. But that that just showed that you can have so much fun in a Woodbury yeah. classroom, and those teachers are not as intimidating as that they might put on. Yeah. So. I had never heard that story about college. <laughs> That's awesome. Good for him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Robbie, thanks so much for joining me on the Woodbury podcast and um, best of luck to you at UPenn. And you. Um, I know we'll stay in good touch. I look forward to seeing you always and wish you the very best. Thank you so much. And best of luck with, with this year and everything. So the 135th year of the Tiger Nation. So That's great. That's thank great. you, Robbie. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Woodbury podcast. We hope you found our discussion insightful and engaging. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing, rating, or leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. Stay tuned for more conversations in the future. And remember, the conversation doesn't have to end here. Connect with us on Woodbury Forest School social media, reach out with your questions or comments, and let's keep the dialogue going. Until next time, take care and go Tigers!